So I come out of a podcast recording quite often saying that you know this was my favorite podcast episode, but but seriously, this episode is my favorite podcast episode. I'll tell you, it's funny because I thought you were going to say, these are unrehearsed, our our intros and outros. I thought you were going to say, I often come out of a podcast crying because that's exactly what also happened. happened You came out of this podcast crying. Um, But John Ballinger, amazing, amazing human being. As you know, something interesting happened to me during this show. As as he was talking, I found myself um, just in a position of great admiration and gratitude for him. And it's, it's an interesting thing that as, as, as he's talking, I was trying to process through it. But I think when you listen to this episode, you just, you just recognize that there are people in your lives that when you're intentional and you seek like-minded individuals that can absolutely change your life and and make it better. And John Ballinger is that for me. Yep. It's an amazing episode. Go listen. You will get a ton out of it. Go. Go listen. Bye. You're listening to Filling the Storehouse Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Stuart. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living the abundant life through faith, family, and freedom. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours. Together, achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to intentionally fill our storehouse. You know, it seems like we always have some technical difficulty, like right before we hit the record button. And it's always on David's end of like... An issue. I, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. Are you- I think uh, I think you look and you dig for reasons to try to disparage me to the world because the world is listening to this podcast, <laughs> and and I think it fall. I think it falls flat, dude. I think it fails, and I truly believe that most people that listen to our podcast they have one feeling initially, and it's 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 they feel sorry for you. They feel sorry for you when we start every show and hopefully by the end of it, you've said something that redeems yourself a little bit. You know, I think that's a a pretty lofty goal. What do you think, John? Well, I'll tell you what, I was super excited to be on, on this uh, podcast until you told me the world was listening and now I'm just nervous as I'll get out. Now you're just nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, don't worry about it. It's just us. Uh, and, and the world is going to appreciate what you have to say. It's going to be amazing. John. Okay. Maybe it's, maybe it's like half the world. Yeah. Maybe half. Half. I can, I can carry that. I can carry that on my shoulder. 3.5 billion listeners. Like they literally take our podcast and we have a translation service. They translate it, you know, put different, uh, subscripts to it. It's like storehouse 310, Joe Rogan, distant second. True statement. I mean, I don't, I don't want to brag. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to be braggadocious. That's not how I want to start this show off, but I mean, it's, you should it's invite Joe Rogan on the podcast. That would be, we should. Good. He, he yeah. would be, he would be honored to be a guest on our show. If anybody knows <laughs> Joe Rogan, tell him that we'd love to have him on our show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's very low demand for uh, people seeking him on their show. So yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> but we have John Ballinger today. That's right. Who, not, I actually about... am more excited about. I'm more excited about uh, John Ballinger than I'm Joe Rogan. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Concur. Concur. Oh. Uh, we met John Ballinger in person. We were just talking about this. It was exactly, not exactly to the day, but it was it was really, really close to uh, just a year ago. Yeah. And uh, you were deciding to move to Colorado, which was an amazing decision. Um, 
and uh, you didn't know anybody. You didn't have any family in Colorado. Um, kind of on a whim, uh, decided to uh, pick up and move. And um, I think it was a great decision. But uh, let's let's go. Let's dive deep into a little bit more about you. What's your background? Give us give us all of our listeners a little bit more info on on John Ballinger. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, you'll get this Stu, cause you're an aviator. Um, but the 30,000 foot view, I mean, maybe that's a little too high for us helicopter pilots. So that's right. Go with, you know, 1500 foot. Um, yeah, I'm born and raised Tulsa, Oklahoma, grew up there. I went to Oral Roberts university where I graduated with a BS in marketing and management. And then, you know, just felt led to to join the Marine Corps and didn't know what that was going to look like. But 20 years later, I uh, found myself on the backside of a fairly successful career. What I, what I felt was fairly su- successful and just enjoyed the heck out of it. Got to be deployed multiple times and meet phenomenal people and just learn about a culture that just will continue to blow your mind. I mean, military at large, but, but the Marine Corps, just is a phenomenal organization to be part of. And I feel very blessed to, to uh, be retired out of the Marine Corps, but yeah, man, a year ago I was moving to Colorado. We, my wife and I, and the boys sat down, we looked at a bunch of places to move and we narrowed it down to Colorado Springs and, and a couple others. And, and ironically it was two months prior to when I met you guys that I was working out and, and I, I'd never listened to podcasts and I had a rule that I wasn't going to start listening to a podcast in the gym. And I broke both those rules with you guys, um, and profoundly changed my life. You guys were interviewing, uh, Murray, um, and it was just a great podcast. The chemistry you guys had together, um, just phenomenal. And, and I really enjoyed it. And then I listened again and then I met, I thought, man, if these guys are a part of my life, I mean, I, it's going to be an exponential um, gain on my behalf. And so, yeah, two months later, I came out to Colorado Springs and met you guys sat down face to face and just realized what a value add you both are um, to me. So I wanted to thank you for that real quick. Well, I mean, I really appreciate your kind words, John. And and I'll tell you, you have, have immeasurably blessed our lives as well. Your friendship is is uh is something that we absolutely value. Love hanging out with you. We've done uh, you know, in that time, in that short year, we've climbed 14er, we've done, you know, a bunch of we've had a retreat together. Uh, I mean, we've done all kinds of stuff, man. And it's been a, a really cool bonding experience. And and I'll tell you from well, two things. One for our listeners, John is being extremely humble when he says oh, i had a somewhat successful career in the marine corps that culminated in him being uh flying the president of the united states around so so that is a very unique uh very coveted and extremely selective small group of individuals who fly the president of the united states around so don't don't uh, don't don't buy into the <laughs> you know the the uh, somewhat successful extremely successful and just an incredible uh, man of of God and influence, and, and we appreciate you. But but what I I greatly value is being able to see, uh, just from the sidelines, just the growth in the last year. And and it's it's interesting. We were talking before we hit record on you know we did a, a webinar on mindset yesterday, 
And and the the power of mindset is not how you choose or how you know how you choose to live, the way you think about things, you know, growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, or however you measure your mindset. It's it's not the recognition of that. It's what you do about it. It's the actions that you take with the mindset that you intentionally cultivate and do something about it, right? And so I have been able to observe you going from this place of, yeah, I don't really, you know, going into this new place, getting out of the Marine Corps, change of lifestyle. And, and I'm, I'm scared, but I'm going to do stuff about it. And now we'll get into it, but, but now you're doing all kinds of crazy stuff, dude, right? Like you're, I mean, the coaching program, the, the, uh, the real estate stuff. I mean, this is not small potatoes. So let's, let's dive into that. But, but I'm just curious, what, what makes you so special? Right. What what makes someone like you what separates someone like you from someone who just who doesn't take action? It, well, I'm not special. You guys are special. Uh I don't Stu think Stu is special. Dave is very special. <laughs> it's it's not something that makes you special. What it is is it's a trust in yourself. It's a trust in it's a faith. Um, in, in, for me, it's a faith in God. It's a faith in, um, he has never failed me yet, nor will he fail me ever. Uh, it's a trust in my spouse, my wife and the journey that we've taken together. So I think it's a culmination of all that allows me to continue to step off knowing that if the worst case happens, it's still better than most people's you know, or it's still better than, than a lot of bad cases. Right. Um, yeah, I'll tell you the, the transition for me was crippling. I mean, when you fly helicopters for 17, 18 years and you're defined by one word, which is Marine for 20 years and the Marine Corps tells you where to live and how long to be there and who your friends are going to be and what you're going to do. And, how much you're going to get paid and how much time off you have. I mean, that's a, that's a very safe place to be and to hit retirement and then think I've got to pick where I'm going to live, who my friends are going to be, what job I'm going to do, how am I going to make money, you know, and, and all that falls on your shoulders. It, it can compel you to do nothing because of fear, or it can compel you to take the safe bet. I mean, the safe bet for me, as you guys know, was I could have gotten out and, and gone and flown helicopters or flown jets. That's a very safe thing to do when your background is 17, 18 years in aviation and you have multiple deployments and thousands of hours and you get to fly, you know, the privilege of flying the president. But then you have to look at if that step is going to truly fulfill your purpose and fulfill your goals and fulfill who you are and who God has created you to be. Um, and, and for me, that answer was no. So I, I had to then go back to the drawing board and figure out what is it that I'm going to do? What is it that makes me tick? And what is it that gets me out of bed every day? And, and you guys talk about it all the time and in the mastermind is what is your, why, why are you doing things the way you're doing and what, what's the end goal? What's the end result? And so you know, meeting you guys was very instrumental in that process. But when I came out a year ago, I had 30 things that I thought I was going to be doing. 
And you just, for me, I just had to pick one and step off and see if that worked, see if that answered the, the question and filled the void. And if it doesn't, you just scratch it off the table and go back to, you know, starting over. And, and that's really what this year has been for me is, is diving into things and then realizing, okay, well, that's not really it, but how can I modify um, my why to fit what I want to do? Hey, sorry, Stu, I know you have a, yeah. a, a great question, but let me, I don't want to lose this point. You, you mentioned purpose. How, how did you go about finding your purpose? Like what, cause you know, I think too many people leave that to chance. Like, Oh, I, you know, I feel like I was created to do a thing, right. It's very, it's very, uh, uh, hands-off it's, it's, we relinquish responsibility for it. So how did you no kidding discover your purpose or at least get on the path of, of a purpose-driven life? Well, part of it looks like how I spell out my priorities. And I've told you guys about this and I've posted about it, but my priorities I've always said were God first, my wife, second kids, third, and then job and friends and things like that. If I truly feel that if I'm being faithful in my walk towards the Lord, if I'm truly being faithful and applying myself to be the best husband possible, and I'm truly being intentional about my time with my kids, everything else is going to fall into place. Now I do get sidetracked and I do find that things infiltrate their way into those priorities. But at the end of the day, I've got to go back to those three and then sort everything else out. And so part of that was figuring out who God created me to be and how that's brought me to where I am today. And the, the purpose question is still being refined and what that is. And I, I think that's an okay place to be is not being dead set on something, not being dead set on a thing and, or a job or a person refining that through time. Cause we all, as we age, we are, you know, it's just a continual cycle. So, um, having those three priorities in that order has helped start the process. And then it was really just, you know, defining who God made me to be. What am I good at? What are the innate qualities inside of me that, that get me excited? I love sitting down with people face to face, kneecap to kneecap, and just having these conversations. That is who God created me to be. I would much rather sit down with you two face to face than, than over zoom. But because there's just so much goodness, there's so much help that we can give each other. And so that drew me into, a in, into the line of coaching. Um, and that relationship building is helping me in the commercial real estate development world, because it is hundred percent about relationships and trust and integrity and having those relationships that people can, can buy into. That's good, man. Yeah, I mean, when, every every time that you you come up from College Springs to Denver and hang out with us, and you know, we do lunch or, you know, we do something, man. It's like it's there's so much value added uh, to our conversations where we can kind of just like you know hang out and be, you know, shoulder to shoulder and and hugging it out and and talking face to face, and um, you know that that time is so fruitful. Um, 
but I want to go back to something you said at the very beginning is, is just having faith, you know, having faith in your God and then going off of that and, and taking massive action. And I think that's where a lot of us, um, humans go wrong is we have this faith, but we don't take any action on it. And one of my favorite books in the Bible in general is, is James and, and, you know, James basically calls us out and he's like, yeah, you, you can have faith, but what's faith without any action? You know, I, I want to see faith with good deeds. Right. And and that's where I think you have taken your faith and you've taken massive action, like in a very short period of time, in the grand scheme of things, like just this year alone, you got out of the military, you moved to Colorado Springs where you don't know anybody. You didn't know what you wanted to do. You didn't have a career lined up. When you first met with us, you told us that you just wanted to do something where you could add value to a team. I remember that conversation. That's all you wanted to do. As a Christian man, you wanted to join a team that you could be a part of and feel connected with and and find purpose and add value to them. That was your only like stipulation that you had, right? Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty broad, right? But but just like you know, you said you 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 had faith, but you took action. And so I'm curious, like once you kind of you know reflected, and which is another huge part of of a journey that we're all on, is just you know, reflection, sitting down, self-awareness and analysis and knowing who you are and knowing, figuring out what your core values are, figuring out who you are is, is who God made you to be, right? And then taking that and running with it. So what did that look like for you? You know, what are the, what are the action steps? Like, what is the stuff that you are doing on a regular basis um, that, that takes you from faith to actual like doing, and, and you, and let me, let me pimp you here because you had, you had mentioned, you know, you're speaking. That's another thing you're doing. You're, you're doing some public speaking, right? And you're going to talk about the tactical versus the mindset. What does that look yeah. like? Yeah. Well, let me, let me go back just a minute. Um, you go know, back to my go back. What's that? Go back from my go back. Yeah. Let's go back from your go back. Cool. So let me talk about faith for a second. I, I look at my life. Um, and I look at the things that I have gone through, uh, not really uh, overcome, but, but I, there's so many things that people have to go through in life and it radically changes their, their thinking, their acting, their doing, but I look at the things that God has allowed me to endure and see and have a, an effect on my life. And I see his faithfulness daily. So, you know, my, my, my parents and my wife's parents, um, both went through horrible divorces and my wife and I have an incredibly strong marriage and we believe in it. And it's something that we find as a cornerstone in our life. We've got two great kids, but we lost in between my two boys. We lost our daughter. Um, after 86 days of her living in the NICU, that has a huge effect on marriages when um, couples lose their their children, um, and marriages are highly likely to fail. And we were able to survive. And I've got an, a mother and an aunt and a grandfather who all committed suicide 
And I feel, um, I don't feel the negative effects of that in a way that is going to, you know, affect my life and, and change it dramatically or, or put me at harm. I look at my career, military career and the things that I've been able to go through and, and endure. And I just, in all those instances, I see God's hand on my life. I feel it in my life. And so that, that faithfulness that he's provided for me shows that he is not going to fail me in the things that I do, even if I don't feel confident in them, I know that he is going to be there and continue to, to act on my behalf and be there, um, as my father, uh, heavenly father. So I think that faith, that's a huge component that, that allows me to step out and, and put action to some of these things that I want to do, even if there's fear. Um, and so you're right, getting out and public speaking, getting out and coaching people, um, and having the opportunity to speak into individuals' lives, getting out and starting a commercial real estate development company. Those are all things that are extremely outside of my wheelhouse, extremely outside of the past 20 years of things that I've been doing. But I have a trust that those are those things are rooted in who God made me to be. So it's easier to step out and say, well, you know what? I tried. Um, I may fail, but I would rather try, leave it on the field and have to start over again than, than wake up 20 years from now and realize I could have done that if I just applied. And I'll tell you what, my wife is a huge, she put that seed in me six, seven years ago when I was, we had our first child and I was going to apply to fly for the president. And I knew how much of a undertaking it would be and how much of a, how much demand it was going to put on our life as a family. And my wife said, why not apply? Because if you don't apply, then you will never make it. And you will always look back with regret. But if you apply and you don't get accepted, you tried. And, and so that, that seed right there that she gave to me has been applied in so many other ways of just get out and try what's the worst that can happen. I mean, I think, you know, I even asked you guys, Hey, would you be interested in hiring me if this all fails? And, you know, just it's, it's getting out and trying and, you know, it, it is hard to take action when you don't have the skills that you think you need. And we talked about it before the, the imposter syndrome of I've done something for so long. How could I even be good at X, but you've got to take a step back and look at all those core things that made you successful at what you did before, or that made you good at what you did before and take those things and apply them to the next phase and, and move on. Dude, I, I think the, uh, you know, the idea of d- taking these actions, but then the way that you look at failure preemptively, right? The way that you go into it saying, well, if I fail, I mean, I'll, I'm going to get something out of it. I'm going to learn something. I'm going to potentially have a skill. Maybe even more importantly, I'm going to, I'm going to take away, I'm going to come out of it knowing what I don't want to do. 
And, and, and I think there's so much power in the way that we look at failure and just accept and own it and just be like, Hey, this may not be success. And I may not even, I'm going to acknowledge, I may not even know what success looks like because I have no idea the plan that, you know, uh, there's parts of the Bible that talk about, you know, just the, the idea of, of these plans that God has for you to be good plans and huge plans and things we can't even yet imagine. Right. And, and that is such an encouragement because, you know, on these journeys that we're all on, I believe that there's an end, there's a, there's a goal we're going to achieve that we don't even yet know it's a goal because it's so big that we've not allowed ourselves to consider the, the enormity of what it is, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and and that's exciting to me. It's exciting to me. Go ahead. What what did we say the other day when we were driving up to the mountain? What our 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 big audacious goal was we want to get to heaven and we want to hear those words. What were those words that we wanted to hear? Amen. Job well done, my good and faithful servant, right? And and, and just constantly living with that mentality to keep pushing forward, knowing that at some point. We're going to hear those words, job well done, my good and faithful servant. And, and I think that, you know, I, so I love the way that you frame that, John. I love the way that you go after it and and also give permission to anybody listening that, hey, it, the chances are that you're going to fail, but, and you're, and, and it's 100% certainty that in life we're going to fail more, whether it's the opinions that we maintain or the things that we pursue, we're going to fail more than we succeed. But all those failures are going to build us up and, and yeah. lead to something that we can't imagine at this point. You know, that's it's crazy to me, and you guys will get this. We spent 20 years in the military doing one thing or, you know, a handful of, uh, of things. And then we retire, right? And we hit this point where we've got to go find something else new to do. And it can be, like I said, crippling. And I started talking to people who had retired and gotten out and done something. And I heard over and over and over again, well, your first job is not going to be your last job. What you do next will probably, you probably do that for a year, six months, eight months, whatever. And then you just go on. And I mean, I was talking to military veterans that had done stuff five, six, seven different times before they found what they truly loved. And, and had two different effects on me. One, it was like, oh man, I, I don't want to, I don't want to just get into something that I'm going to get out of. I want to f- pick something that I truly love. But then two, it gave me that permission of, well, shoot, if it, if everyone else is, is doing five and six things before they find what they truly love, then I, I can get out and do that as well. And this coaching thing may not be what I end up doing. And this real estate thing, maybe not you know, last, but at least it gave me permission to get out and try. Um, and going back to what you said earlier, when we sat down, I, I did say, yeah, the thing that I want is to be part of a team that is effective and we trust each other. You guys have that between the two of you. I see that I heard it in your podcast and that's what I wanted for myself. I, I worked in a team before I joined the Marine Corps, five guys that were highly effective at what they were doing. And I just saw the dynamic um, capabilities that they had and the one plus one equals five moments where they were 
helping each other to a degree that couldn't be explained on a normal basis. But I wanted to be part of a team that was doing that. And that's all I really strove, you know, was striving for because that's where I truly felt like I could make an impact. But man, it, it's, it's getting out of that fear of knowing that this may not work out, yeah. but at least I'm going to try. Well, and that's, that's exactly it, man. Because there's, there's a lot of people that, um, that can't face that fear. Right. And they will, they have to have a job lined up, you know, a W2 income. And I was just talking with a guy yesterday um, and he was like, well, you know, I gotta, I gotta go get a job as soon as I get out, you know, to, to cover, cover the bills and, you know, continue to, to live the lifestyle that, that I'm living. You know, I got kids and we got all this stuff and I'm like, I, I, I kind of called him out. I was like, do you, do, do you have to like go right into a job that you're not going to enjoy that you're probably going to like exactly what you said, probably leave in a year and not be excited about it. And you're just going to be banging your head against the wall just, just to have a job, just to have income. Why not like take some time and do a deep dive on what you really yeah. can get excited about and take a chance, man. Like yeah. you're going to have a military retirement. You're, you're probably going to have some type of VA disability yeah, it might not be the exact same as your current paycheck leaving the military, but I bet you, I'm just throwing it out. I bet you, you have a savings account. I bet you, you're already living below your means. I bet you, you could probably live, cover your mortgage, cover your payments, cover your expenses, cover, you know, keeping food on the table. I bet you, you could live that way and be just fine. Yeah, you might not have a 40% savings rate or a 50% savings rate and be investing and buying stocks and real estate and all this stuff for a while. But what you do have is focus. You yep. have the time to focus on what you really want to do and just go face that fear, man, and take that action and have a little bit of faith. And that's what you did, dude. That's well, what you did, but then there's not a lot of people that do it. Yeah. And I will add that those, those are the things that I can, was concerned about. Those are things you guys were concerned about. And that is also the power of relationships, equally yoked relationships, which I think is incredibly powerful and underrated. Um, but also that's the power of, of getting a coach, hiring somebody. And I did that for myself. And that's why I'm doing it now because a coach allows you, you know, you think about it in, in football terms, a quarterback is, is set in a play and he's got the play in his mind. He knows what his options are, but he is so narrowly focused on those few options that the rest of his peripheral is, is not being looked at by him. That's why you need a coach. That's why you need somebody on the sidelines to look at all the other surrounding aspects and say, Hey, I know you're focused on these few options, but let me tell you what else you're missing while you're focused on these things. And let me speak into you and tell you how you can also improve in these other areas, or just be more dynamic in the options that you have in front of you. And that's what was done to me. My coach helped me realize my strengths in leadership and focus in, you know, um, commitment and integrity and, and the things that were pointed out in me. And 
I just felt invigorated and I felt like I, I've got to do this. I've got to try, I've got to push. And one of those things is, is I'm going to push to give back in a way that was given to me. And, um, I think we in the military have special abilities that don't maybe aren't farmed out naturally in other industries, but we just, we have those innate qualities that we're just so used to the discipline and the, that, that, that we have to grow from the day we enter, you know, boot camp to the day we get out and it's comes naturally for a lot of us. And I want to instill that in other people, because I think people are so capable of things that they don't even realize. It just takes somebody encouraging them and somebody holding their feet to the fire and being accountable to make sure that they reach the full potential that they have. Yeah. I love that, man. And, and, you know, one thing that, that I hadn't necessarily thought about in the past, but as you were speaking and you talk about, um, you know, the, the different elements of like a community, for example, the Marine Corps being a community, when you go into the Marine Corps, you're not, uh, you know, pumping out hundreds of pushups a day. There are some people maybe that are, but, but you're not, you're not doing the things that you eventually get to because you're surrounded by, because you don't fit in if you don't, if you don't, uh, it was equal being equally yoked and in the Marine Corps or the military, it's, it's a different kind of yoking. It may not necessarily be spiritual. It may not be, you know, mindset, whatever, but, it, but there's a, there's a, an element of the eyeball test, right? Physical fitness. There's an element of how you look in uniform. There's an element of all these things that we take pride in yeah. and you conform to that. And, and quite frankly, it, it usually raises your game. And it makes you better. And I, and I love that element of a community and, and, and there's, it just depends on the community you choose. And now being out, even if you're in, you can choose to be part of communities that grow you. You just have to be very intentional about it. And you, and, and like you said, being equally yoked, some people say, oh, like-minded individuals, like well, however you phrase it, you know, seeking those out is such a powerful thing. And, you know, I want to, I want to highlight uh, a couple of things you also said, and there's, there's a, there's a couple of things, this idea of putting yourself out there. So Stu and I did a, um, a mindset webinar yesterday and, and, and we are starting to do these webinars. Uh, we're going to do these webinars on a monthly basis. It's not perfect when you do it. There's a lot of mistakes you make. You may sound like a clown and it's not going to be, we, oh, we you, graded you ourselves. Like yeah, yeah, like exactly. I sound like a clown. Um, and you look like a clown. So it kind of works, right? People like are like, oh, wait, wait, the voice isn't coming from the anyways. So, so I'll tell the... you, I'll, I'll tell you, my call sign is based on me sounding like an idiot. So nice. I'm used to that. And and I get so you, you relate. Yeah. You can relate. Yeah. But but the point is, and we graded ourselves after the fact. And you know, I graded it as at a four. And I think Stu and Steven were at a six. And I said, it's it's not a four because I'm being negative. It's a four because I know what it can be. I know what approaching 10 could look like. And it is amazing. But we're not there yet. Yeah. And in my mind, we're nowhere close. But am I going to stop? No. And 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 is it, am I discouraged? Absolutely not. If anything, I'm encouraged to keep pushing to make it better because ultimately it's not about me. It's about the value that it can give to others, right? But that's that's the purpose part of it. When that's clear, you get beyond the forty percent savings rate. You get beyond the you know all these quote unquote things that make us comfortable, and you get into purpose. And then you start putting yourself out there. And 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 the other thing I want to highlight: there are two conversations. Well, 
a book I just finished. It's called um, uh, Succeeding When You're Supposed to Fail, which was a awesome, awesome book about mindset, diversity, you know, and, and, and challenges. And, and, and one of the jobs that they highlighted in there was uh, zookeepers. And they said zookeepers are contrary to popular belief, about 85% of zookeepers are highly educated. So college education and they're, you know, scooping poop and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. They're, they're, they're very educated, um, very low paying job. Like I think it averages somewhere in the 20 to 30 thirties. And usually you have a long internship that you would do for free to even get one of these, you know, quote unquote, low paying jobs. And there's very little upward mobility in a zoo in, in a zookeeper job. But they said that the the job satisfaction rate is out the roof. And that's why people keep doing it. And people are lined up to do these jobs because there's a purpose and a meaning to what they're doing for them. And, and it was interesting. And then Stu and I talked about uh I won't give any names, but we were talking about former drug dealers and all the money that they were that they're that they were making. I had, was on a convoy with one. And all the money drug drug dealers are making, and they spend it all. Right? This is two drug dealers that we that we have personal experience with. Not, I'm not making a generalization about drug dealers, um, but but then both these individuals did something else with purpose in their life that made significantly less money, but their their meaning and their purpose skyrocketed. And the one of the ones that I met in a convoy in Iraq, he said, "I'm making less money than I've ever made in my entire life." And I have more savings than I've ever had. It, it just was, it, but the purpose was different, right? Yep. And my family's happy. And he has a kid and a daughter and all this kind of stuff. Um, this particular individual that I'll, I'll never see again from Iraq. But my point is when you talk about this purpose and you talk about this journey that you went on and putting yourself out there, a lot of the things we think are important are just not. They're just not. And most of them are temporal anyways. And most of them, we have zero control over the market, over real estate prices, any of that stuff. And so I love how you highlight how important that is. And, and one thing I really want to ask you, that imposter syndrome, how do you practically, one, tell me about yours and how do you practically and intentionally address it and, and defeat it and enable yourself to move forward from it? Well, for me, my imposter syndrome really kicked in when I started coaching and I had a lot of doubt about what I had to offer. I felt like my career was marginally successful, but I didn't have it all together. And I, I look at other coaches and I say, man, they're really doing something. And that, I'd love that to be me, but it took my coach to look at me look at my life and say, okay, look at what you've achieved 20 years in the military, successful helicopter pilot. You have those things going for you. That in itself narrows the, the window down. He's like, now take a look at how many people that you were surrounded by that had successful marriages that had kids that loved them 
that were happy to go home to their families. The, the pool is getting smaller. He's like, now look at people who have lost a child or endured suicide in their family. He's like, those qualities, those, those things that have occurred in your life have just narrowed the pool down to a, a very small, small number. You are successful. Take that and go coach. And it was very powerful for me because I realized that coaching is not all about the degrees and the letters behind your name or the, the clients that you have. It's, it's literally life experiences that you've walked out of successfully. And so going back to that imposter syndrome, it's like, okay, I, when I joined the Marine Corps 20 years ago, I had no desire, no idea I was even going to end how I ended. I had no idea, but putting in the time you get to where you look back and you think, man, that was a phenomenal journey and look how far I've come. And so if you can look back at the things that you have, or I have been able to, to succeed at or achieve or, or go through, and you can look back and connect those dots, then it makes it a lot easier to say, okay, I can just do that again. You know, um, was it Malcolm Gladwell in outliers talks about the 10,000 hour rule, you know, and all the people that are, have succeeded, but they succeeded before people even knew they, who they were, right. The Beatles and Bill Gates and, you know, all these people that put in the time when no one else was looking and all of a sudden they pop up on our radar and you're like, man, how did they become who they were? Well, there's 20 years of history back there. Overnight success. Yeah. And, and so that, I mean, that book alone is, is a game changer, but helping um, you get out of that imposter syndrome, just knowing that everybody's got to start somewhere. I mean, right now I'm, we're, we're working through a real estate, commercial real estate deal, trying to raise money. And the amount of people that have told me, I don't think I'll invest because it's your first deal. Well, somebody's got to do a first deal. Everybody's got a first deal of it, you know, and, and I'm competing against other, other capital raisers who are trying to raise money and it's not their first deal. So they're getting the, the money. But I looked actually at a statistic that the returns on an investment for a first deal company, a company that's doing their first deal is better than the returns of, from a company that has done five, six, seven deals. Why? Yeah. Because you got to hustle and you got to prove yourself and you're putting everything on the line. So overcoming imposter syndrome is realizing you're successful already based on your track record. And you've done things in the past that are going to help you and and knowing that everybody's got to start somewhere and everybody's got to start, have a first and grow from there. And it gets easier as you go flying, hovering a helicopter, Holy cow. In flight school. I mean, I couldn't stay in a football field, (laughs) but 20 years later, I'm landing on, you know, on a piece of concrete that, that I can see, you know, that's, that's tiny. So, I mean, it's moving shit going like this. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I hate those nights. Um, but, but yeah, did that, that answer your question? No, it did. And, and, and I think that that's extremely helpful because so many, so many of us, 
And you never overcome it, right? They, I think that's one of the characteristics of extremely high-performing individuals is that they always struggle with imposter syndrome. And, and so, you know, when Stu and I, I mean, you know, we have this mastermind, which dudes like you are a part of, right? Ninjas are a part of, and, and we believe that we have accomplished certain things, but, but, you know, we're both right now struggling with, at least I don't want to speak for Stu, but, but I personally was talking to somebody yesterday about, about me coaching. Um, and, and I'm like, man, I just have a hesitancy to put it out there because I, I still have some self-doubt on, on whether or not I could, I could coach, right. Or I'd be a good coach or someone would want to be coached. And, and it's almost, you know, from their, from his perspective, he's like, dude, what are you talking about, man? Like, just, just put it out there. Just do it. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I, I appreciate that. It's a little more difficult than that. He's like, no, not really. It's, it's really not. It's, it's not like, I, I'm telling you, I believe in you. Like, just, just do it. And yeah. so, you know, it's, it's something we're always going to struggle with. Just that what separates people is whether you do something about it or not, right? Whether yeah. it defeats you or you face it and, and do something and you may fail and there are going to be failures, but again, like, and I was going to ask you earlier, do you say everything you're doing right now fails? Do you regret any of it? Not at all. Not at all. Right. Because, because of one, the growth that's occurring right now, the joy that I, I mean, uh, sitting here with you guys is, is part of that journey. I would not be where I'm at today in either my coaching or my real estate development without meeting you guys. I mean, you guys have introduced me to, to so many people to include a guy that introduced me to my business partner. So I don't regret it because I feel like I'm equally yoked in the areas that I'm working. I'm making phenomenal, I'm meeting phenomenal people like you guys growing relationships. And, and it's, it's just, it's like a tree, right? I'm at the, I'm at the base of all the branches and it's just going so many different directions, but, but you had to plant that seed to get there. And, um, I also think that God gives us some really, really powerful talents. And part of us being faithful is applying ourselves with those talents and making a difference. It may seem small. It may be small in the grand scheme. We may not create Amazon again, or the iPod or something that revolutionizes our world, but you know what? We may change one person's life. And, and that's the difference, you know, and, and to one that starfish degree, at a time, my, well, and that guy, that guy or girl may be the person that starts the next Amazon, right? Like yep. You just, you just never know that that whole theory is, it for me is is very important i mean i created um a company my coaching company is under is is called 828 ventures it's off romans 828 that god works through all things not just the good things not he works through all things and you know somebody asked me the other day why'd you name your company that i said well because i had a daughter who was born and she lived 86 days and then she died. And my wife, uh, it, it wrecked us, um, naturally, 
but my wife would continually ask, why would, why was Brooklyn even born if she's going to die 86 days later? What's the purpose? And I finally came to the realization that if her life changed our life in such a way that we were bold enough now to go out and tell somebody our story, tell somebody about Jesus, be bold in our, our actions, then her life was well lived. And I mean, so it just goes to show that the things that occur in our lives and the talents that we have and the thing they're not, they're not for no reason. They impact profoundly. And it's just our job to tell our story and to put, put our talents out there and, and use them the way God intended. So good, dude. And something that has kind of been at the top of my mind as we're having, you know, these conversations uh, with people and, and I've been way more intentional uh, this first, you know, couple weeks of the new year about just reaching out to people and having conversations. And, and I think that's something that's powerful uh, to highlight that, that you are continually doing is, you know, you, you gave us your priorities from the start of this, this podcast of God, wife, kids and then everything else will fall in line and you've stuck to that you've 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 actually stuck to those priorities and i think you know oftentimes we lose sight of those priorities because as you know the the 40 year old dude who you know should be at the top of his earning years right those priorities start to go away because you feel like you got to provide, you know, you got to go get the job. You got to go make the money. You got to go build your wealth. And the timelines don't work out really well because oftentimes those same earning years are those same years that your kids are growing too. And it's the same years that your wife needs you to be present because she's, you know, raising these kids with you, right? It's the same years that your kids need you around and to be yeah. present. And it's the same years that they're going to have their first home run. It's the same years that they're going to do their, you know, first, uh, you know, school event. And if you're not putting your priorities in the right spot and keeping them there, you're going to miss out. Yeah. Because you're, because you're earning right? Because you're hustling, because you're grinding, because you're providing. And, you know, I, I, I was going there. I was going that direction. David was going that direction. We still get sidetracked, right? Yeah. But if we have those priorities at the top and we know we're never going to, you know, go away from those, uh, you keep on coming back. And and I think you've done a really, really amazing job of that. So I just, I just wanted to, well, to, affirm you there. I was just, as you're saying that, I was just reminded, I'm reading this book, Becoming a King by Morgan Snyder. Mm. And in, in like chapter two, he says, how often do we give our best time, the, our best time from eight to five to our work only to come home and give our tired, tired, yeah, lazy, Exhausted. you know, just worn out selves to our family. Mm. every day. You know, it's like, what a eye opener. Yeah. I mean, 
you guys, we, we gave 20 years of some of our best life to the military. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Now's the time where it seems like the kids need me the most and wife, you know, I get to cook meals on a regular basis and do these things that I wouldn't be doing if I was pursuing a, a, a huge bank account. And, and that was a hard thing for me to swallow because as I was leaving the military, one of my mentors, I love this guy to death, said to me, whatever you do, when you get out there, go for the biggest paying job because these are your biggest earning years and you don't want to look back and think, man, I missed it. And I, I think that's the worst advice ever. I, <laughs> I was, I was gripped by that for a while. Cause I'm thinking I'm about to retire and I don't even know what I'm going to do. And Oh man. And I, so I started chasing, right. These contracting jobs and these government jobs and thinking, Oh, I, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the opening. I look at the title and then I look at the salary and I go past it because it's not what, you know, within what I think I should be earning as a 20 year military veteran. And then I'm like, what am I doing? I'm chasing these jobs that I don't even understand half the, the job description. I, I'm not going to be happy doing this. And I call people and I say, Hey, how do you like doing this job? And the first thing they go is, well, it's good. I'm like, no, I don't want to do well. It's good for the next 20 years. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> It's such a limiting belief, right? It's such a limiting belief to think that like whoever said that these are my primary money making, what does that even mean? Right. You know what I mean? Like, what does that, what does that mean? I mean, there are lots of people who make tons of money in their early twenties in their non-primary money making years. There's lots of people. I mean, Colonel Sanders started uh, KFC when he was like 65 years old. You know I mean? I, I just, yeah. I think that's such a limiting belief to think that we are ever capped. It, it is a, such a traditional way to think. And it's a lack of faith in ourselves. It's, it's relying on the traditional job that wants to hire a certain age limit because they put limitations on everybody or whatever, you know, whatever it is. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a victim to yeah. that. I'm just saying like, it's just an interesting mindset to think that we have any limitations at any point, whether it's monetary age or anything. Right. And so I, I, I think that that's, and, and we miss to your point, we miss the most important things. And I, I'll tell you, I know a lot of people who made a lot of money in their thirties and forties and have nothing but regrets because their kids they're gone. They didn't have time. Yeah. They didn't have yeah. time. And now they have time because they have all the money and their kids don't have time for them. And, and who are they, who are their kids modeling? Well, they're yeah. modeling the, the example that we set for them that, yep. Hey, now's my, this is my prime money making years. So you guys are kind of on the side. I, I remember to this day, my dad telling me when I was, uh, you know, I think I was uh, like 12, son, the most important job a man has is to go and make money for his family. Work first. He said that work is always first. And as a young kid, I'm like, I, di I didn't really, couldn't, didn't necessarily process it. And it wasn't in the moment, I wasn't like devastated, but, but those kind of words are like, huh. You you do compart you you do make decisions and life choices on that, Absolutely. and some of those life choices are wow, work is more important than family. What terrible advice, dude! My kids will never hear anything like that come out of my mouth yep. ever. And and well, so it's it's interesting. 
that's why my priorities are my priorities in that order. I'm looking at who I'm going to spend the most amount of time with outside of my work and basing the priority. I mean, when I die, I'm, I'm spending eternity in heaven. Uh, when I, when my kids move out of the house, I'm spending the rest of my time with my wife until I die. And I want my kids to know me enough to show up to my, you know, deathbed and say, dad, great job. And I don't think that there is a amount of money that would change those priorities because it's yeah. not worth it. Well, and you, you can't look, control it. You can't control it, right? You can get fired. You can get laid off tomorrow. You can't control it. And so it's just yeah. an interesting, it's an interesting mindset. And I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, and, and, and to be quite frank and to be just completely honest, one of my dad's sons did not show up at his deathbed. Did not show up to the funeral. No, no idea where 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 uh, where dude's at, right? Yeah. And and this is a highly successful, I mean, brother technically I haven't seen for twenty years. You know, doctor has a family and all this kind of stuff, but he didn't show up because that was that was the influence. So it's it's very real, but it's also there's so much hope in it because we, with dudes like you can be totally different and flip that script and recognize our most important job. Most important job we'll ever have is to be the best, uh, in my opinion, to be the best man of God doing his, you know, what I was created to do, to be the best possible husband and to be the most amazing father and and to be an incredible friend, right? Which Stu has a ton of work on that last one, (laughs) a ton of work. But there's still time and there's hope. But luckily, he's got you as as an example. That's right. As an example, yeah. And yeah. once a week, he see once a week he sees me, and That's we right. can gradually influence we to, him. We need to make yeah. We need to make more time on my schedule to to have you see me more often, John Ballinger. Did I, I do have I, a slot uh, open. I do have a slot open if you, you have a slot. Coaching. Cool, man. I um do that. I'll I'll be honest. I I got some shivers down down my arms when when you said that you want to have your kids come to your funeral and say, great job, dad. Yeah. It's powerful, man. It is. It is. I I feel like like... the measure of a, the measure of success for me, probably for you guys is solid marriage. Kids that love you. Yeah. If you have those things, you know, and a faith that you can stand, um, stand in and, but I, that's success, right? Everybody's got a chance of making money. Everybody's got a chance uh, at being successful. Um, and everybody's got a chance of, of having a good marriage and good kids. But those last two are the hardest ones. They're the hardest ones. And I, we've all grown up with people that hate their parents and you think it's, it's easy to see, right. When it's us, projecting that, but man, to be a 80 year old grandfather with nobody around, it's what's it all for. If, if that's where you end up. I love it, dude. Uh, before I start crying more, let's, uh, let's, let's get on with this day, man. What, how, how are the best ways to get in touch with you? Where do our listeners uh, learn more about John Ballinger, about your, about your coaching, about your, uh, you know, real estate development deals. Where do we send them? So it's super easy. I 
am a, a one trick pony. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, John Ballinger. And from there that you can get a, in touch with me and we can talk about coaching. Um, from, from my page, you can get a link to aspire development group, which is where we are uh, working on our first development. It's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and you can see that and go to our investor page. Um, or you can call me 619-300-5182. I'll have that number for the rest of my life. Um, nice. but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm call or text. I take them all. Love it, dude. This yeah, is I love it, man. Hey, John, thank you, buddy. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your example. I uh, just absolutely love all the time we spend together. Look forward to spending more time with you and uh, just uh, super excited to see the continued growth and and to benefit from your growth as you uh, challenge us to be better and challenge us to be uh, more complete, more aware, uh, just uh, better men and better men of God, uh, most importantly. So thank you, my man. Let me love say you, this brother. real quick, real quick. You guys embody another book of Malcolm Gladwell's um, tipping point, right? He talks about connectors, mavens, right? Salesmen. You guys are all three of those wrapped up in one and <laughs> meeting you guys has been my tipping point, um, um, getting out here to Colorado. So I wanted to say a sincere thank you to you too, for, uh, for being that in my life. Well, dude, we're, we're honored and blessed to, to have you part of our life as well, man. Uh, guys and gals, hey, reach out to John. He's an amazing human being. He will uh, make your life better. I promise you. Um, and uh, hey, share this share this message. It's it's a powerful message. Screenshot this episode, post on socials, tag John, tag us, tell somebody about this episode. Um, you know, that's that's our biggest way that we can thank you, or are you thanking us is by telling somebody about this podcast and telling somebody about this message. So. Go share it and uh, go fill a storehouse. Yeah. Thank you, friends. Thank you, John. Make it a great day. Love you, brother. Love you, brother. See you in a couple hours. Thanks, guys. See you. All right. See you. Stuart, incredible interview with John Ballinger. Love Mm. John Ballinger. Are you able to speak right now or are you still crying? Still. um, I'm wiping tears away still. Uh, it's emotional, man. I think is, is, you know, when I think about my kids and how I'm impacting them and, um, trying to show up to be the best dad that I possibly can, the best husband that I could possibly can for my wife, like it's, it's powerful stuff, man. And it's, it's, uh, it gets me all, gets me all emotional inside, you know, dude, I know. And I'll tell you, it's, uh, you know, I, I want to listen to this again, just to get some of the the very practical action items that John talks about, the mindset, the overcoming, you know, these, these challenges, these barriers, the imposter syndrome, all these different things, I think are all things that we can do something about, which is really exciting. Yeah, for sure, man. And what I love is, you know, John is someone who, who has a huge faith, you know, faith in a huge God, but he follows that up with action. And, and that's the stuff that we're, we're promoting in Storehouse Mastermind. He is a kinetic man uh, inside the Storehouse Mastermind. He shows up. He brings tremendous value uh, to people. Um, and, you know, he's the type of person we want in our tribe. The guys that have an amazing faith, the guys that are amazing husbands, amazing dads, amazing friends, but they're always striving to get better. 
So we're looking for dudes like John. If you're one of those, you should come join us, hang out with us, um, and you will be better from it. Not not because of David, but because of John. Um, go to storehouse310.com backslash mastermind. There's a join now button. Hit it and do it. Yeah, yeah. To that point, I'm thinking about leaving the group so that men can become even better. Because that, that might, you know, that might be worthwhile. That might addition, be worthwhile. Addition by subtraction, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Go do it. See ya. Bye-bye.